Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is the day. We've been walking through the book of Ephesians for almost three months now. And what a walk it has been. We have seen the spiritual blessings that God has given us. We have been reminded of his grace. We have been encouraged to live in the light of Christ. We have seen how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. We have reflected on the unity that we have as Christians. We have seen God's will for the workplace and the home. And through all these lessons, we have known greater hope. Today, we come to the end. To the final words that the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write to the church in Ephesus. And these words do not promise an earthly prosperity or an easy life. They don't advocate world peace or spiritual indifference. No, these final verses of Ephesians warn us that there is an enemy out there that wants to kill our souls. They tell us that we live every day of our lives in spiritual warfare. They sound the battle cry of the Christian church. Suit up and stand firm. God's armor must be worn. God's armor will not fail. Reading from Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. The Apostle Paul is like the drill sergeant of the Ephesians. See, these Ephesian Christians were new recruits in the Lord's army. And the Holy Spirit is using Paul to make sure that they are ready for the rigors of war. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Paul's not going to tell the Ephesians to start hitting the gym. He's not going to tell them that they need to start doing push-ups and sit-ups every morning. No, the battle the Ephesians were fighting was a spiritual one. And they needed spiritual strength. And that could only come from God and his word. That is what Paul wants them to be strong in. He wants them to be equipped. See, any soldier knows that you're going to stand a much better chance of surviving a battle if you have good equipment. And marching into battle without any equipment is suicide. And it's the same thing in our spiritual war. We need to be protected. We need to be equipped. And so Paul says to put on the full armor of God. And that armor of God is not going to be found anywhere except in his word. That's what Paul wants them to be equipped in. 
And he's going to expand on all the pieces of this suit of armor in a minute. But before he gets there, he wants these new recruits, these Christian soldiers, to know who their enemy is. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's very easy for Christians to feel like they are surrounded by enemies. Politicians, unbelievers, members of other religions, friends or people we work with who have different opinions than we do. All of these can give us the impression that they are our enemies. But Paul wants the Ephesians to know who their real enemy is. And it's a spiritual one. The devil, Satan, the accuser, the archangel fallen from God who has been waging war against his people since the Garden of Eden. That is our enemy, and he is a dangerous one. He's not some cute little guy in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork. He is vicious, he is cunning, and he is powerful. Listen to the biblical descriptions of the devil. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Satan and his demons have been condemned to hell for eternity. They can't change their fate. All they can do now is drag as many people down to hell with them as possible. And they are spending every day furiously looking for those souls to devour. And guess who their primary targets are? It's not the unbelievers. He already has them. Satan's primary target is Christians, people who trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior, people like the Ephesians, people like us. That's who Satan is gunning for. That's who he wants to devour. And that is why the Apostle Paul pleads with us to put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, we can stand. And after we have done everything, we can stand. We cannot fight Satan by ourselves. We cannot fight him without our equipment. We need the armor of God. And we don't know when the day of evil will come. We don't know when Satan and his demons are going to attack us or our family or our church. So we have to be wearing the armor of God constantly. The Bible cannot just be a book collecting dust on a shelf. It needs to be in our hearts and in our minds. Only when we are standing firm in the truth of the Bible 
will we be able to take our stand on Jesus. Only then can we stand firm against Satan. Only then can we enter our heavenly rest. We need the armor of God. And Paul's going to tell us what that looks like. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The armor of God is not a camouflage uniform hanging in a closet. It's not a medieval suit of metal on an armor stand. It is the truths of Scripture. That is our spiritual protection. And the first piece of that armor is the belt of truth. See, if you go into battle without a belt, you're going to have some problems. First of all, you might be tripping over your pants that fall down. Secondly, you're not going to be able to access the weapons and equipment that a belt would keep close at hand. And it's the same thing in spiritual warfare. Without truth, we're in trouble. Speaking truth keeps us from tripping over lies. And knowing the truth of the Bible allows us to have our weapon for fighting Satan close at hand. And this truth is what's so important. We need a Bible that is true and trustworthy. If we don't have that, we're stumbling around helplessly. So God has given us a Bible that is true. Not partly true, not mostly true, 100% true, without error. That is the Bible God has given us. That is our belt of truth. But it's only the first piece of armor that God has given us. A breastplate was one of the most important pieces of armor for a soldier. It protects the chest, the torso, the easiest area for an enemy to attack. A soldier marching into battle without a breastplate probably wasn't going to live long. And it's true for Christians, too. We need righteousness. We need to be right with God. We need him to look upon us like we have no sin. See, God is perfect. He can't tolerate sin at all. Without righteousness, none of us can even join his army. We would be his enemies. We would be lost. And if we look at our own track record, our own military record, we see that we don't have a breastplate of righteousness on our own. We're all sinners. We fail. We have not been perfect. We have shown time and time again that we are enemies of God and that we are sinful. And that makes us easy targets for Satan's accusations. See that man over there, God? He's a sinner. See that woman over there? She's not perfect. On our own, we have no righteousness. But those accusations of Satan will bounce off our chests harmlessly 
when we remember that we are wearing a breastplate of righteousness. Not fashioned by our own works, but fashioned by the works of Jesus. Jesus was perfect for us. He never sinned. He lived his entire life perfectly. And he has covered us in that perfection. We are righteous. We are right with God because of Jesus. We have righteousness. But if we're truly going to stand against Satan, we need to have the proper footwear. And so God has given us feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And what is that gospel of peace? The good news that Jesus is the Savior of the world. We don't have to do anything to be right with God. We don't have to try and earn his favor. Jesus has done it all. He has saved us. He has forgiven us. That gives us peace. That makes us bold to want to share that gospel with the world. Because Jesus died for the world. But even though we have this gospel, Satan isn't going to stop attacking us. And so we need more armor. We need a shield of faith. We need one, a faith that is thick and solid, a trust in Jesus that can stand against all of Satan's flaming arrows, all of his accusations, all of his temptations, all of his lies. A shield of faith extinguishes them all because faith does not trust in ourselves. Faith trusts in Jesus and what Jesus has done. Jesus' work cannot be broken. And to top it all off, we have the helmet of salvation. See, an exposed head on the battlefield could be lethal. One well-placed arrow or sword strike would be a killing blow. We need our helmets. Christians need their helmets. We need to keep our minds focused on the salvation that Jesus has given us. So when the devil comes with his temptations or the cravings of our sinful nature start showing up again or the wise words and teachings of the world start trying to infiltrate our minds, the promise of heaven will sustain us, will keep us safe will keep us focused on our Savior. See, that salvation keeps us safe and allows us to fight back against Satan. See, Christians are not just sitting ducks. We're not just human punching bags for the devil and his demons. God has given us a weapon to fight back. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the very same weapon that Jesus used when Satan came after him in the devil, in the desert. That is the weapon we have been given. And what a weapon it is. Listen to how the Bible describes God's word. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? For the word of God is living and active, Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. 
It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. God's word is fire. God's word is a hammer. It is living. It is active. It penetrates. It judges. It demolishes. God's word takes captive every thought and makes it obedient to Christ. Satan cannot stand against it. Arguments cannot stand up against it. Unbelievers cannot hide from it. The sword of the Spirit is the weapon the Holy Spirit uses to create faith and change hearts. That is the weapon we have for defending ourselves from Satan. That is the weapon we have for freeing more people from his clutches. The Word of God is powerful. It is our sword. It is the only weapon we need. Christians are not helpless. Armed with the sword of the Spirit, we are dangerous. Satan and his demons should be afraid. But are they afraid? Are Satan and his demonic hordes really afraid of us? God has given us this powerful suit of armor to protect us. He's given us the sword of the Spirit to fight this battle. When we're wearing it, Satan can't touch us. He has no chance. Why does he even bother? The armor of God cannot fail. But unfortunately, we don't always do a good job of putting on this armor. See, the armor of God must be worn. And all too often, we keep it in the closet. See, it is the Christian privilege and duty to delight ourselves in God's word, to study it, to meditate on it daily, to fill our hearts and minds with the truths of Scripture. It's the only defense we have against Satan. It's the only weapon we have for saving souls. But do we use it? Do we read it? Not always. Not enough. And Satan knows it. He loves it when we are neglecting the word of God because that's when our spiritual armor can be pierced. That's when he can come after us with temptations, with arguments, with guilt, with doubt, with fear. That's when we are weak. And if we look at our past, we can see many, many times where we have fallen before Satan on the battlefield. But there is one who did not fall to Satan. There is one who always delighted in the word of God, who kept his spiritual armor strong and did not allow laziness or apathy to defeat it. His name is Jesus. Jesus was perfect for us. Jesus 
never fell to the devil's temptations. He never listened to his accusations. He never was caught up in his lies. Jesus lived perfectly. Jesus went to the cross for our sins and our failings and fought the spiritual battle against Satan while our souls hung in the balance. And Jesus won. And his resurrection was his victorious shout of triumph to all the spiritual forces of darkness that they did not win. Jesus won. Jesus has saved us. And he has equipped us in the armor of God. He has given us truth. He has covered us in righteousness. He has given us faith. He has given us the gospel. And he has crowned our heads in salvation. He's put the sword of the Spirit on our tongues. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's stand firm on the armor of God. Let's stand firm on the word. Let's suit up and let's go because there's a world out there that needs the gospel we have, that needs the armor we have. We've got a mission. We are the church militant, a mighty army marching forward together, saved by Jesus and commanded to share him with the world. So let's put on the armor of God because Satan is still out there. He's still trying to bring us down. He's still tempting us to put on other things instead of the armor of God, instead of the belt of truth. He wants us to strap on the wisdom of the world. Instead of the shield of faith, He wants us to have a shield full of holes created by doubt. Instead of feet being ready with the gospel, he wants us to worry about how the world is going to respond to that message of peace that we have. Instead of a helmet of salvation, a mind that's focused on what Jesus has done, he wants us to focus on the things of the world. And instead of having the sword of the Spirit, that mighty weapon that God has given us, he wants us to just keep that sword sheathed or tucked away somewhere where we don't use it. Instead of the righteousness that Jesus has given us, he wants us to trust our own good works. Satan wants to disassemble our armor piece by piece. And many times he has done it. But Jesus is still victorious. Jesus is still the reigning champion of the battlefield. He died for our sins. He has given us forgiveness and peace. He has rescued us from the dungeons of hell where we were held captive. Jesus has freed us. He has made us his own army, covered in his righteousness, his perfection and marching to share the gospel with the world. That is the mission that Jesus has given us. And he has given us his word to keep us safe. So that when we march forward into battle, we don't do it alone. We do it armed and equipped with the word. And God's armor will not fail. And he has given us two other allies. 
and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Good communication is important if any army is going to be successful. And what could be better than every soldier having a direct line of communication with the general? And that's exactly what we have with prayer. We can go to God at any time. He wants us to talk with him. If you don't know what to do, pray. If you're struggling with sin, pray. If Satan is attacking you, pray. And when you feel like you can't fight anymore, pray. God will listen. God will act. God will deliver you. Not always in the way you expect, but always in the way that is best for you. And pray for your fellow Christians. The rest of the army of God Pray that they would be strengthened and that they would be bold. Even the great apostle Paul asked the Ephesians to pray for him, to pray that he would fearlessly declare the gospel. And if the greatest missionary of all time, Paul, needed those prayers, we definitely need them. So pray. We're fighting this battle together. So pray for your fellow soldiers. And when Paul writes about Tychicus, his dear friend and faithful fellow worker, he reveals the other ally that God has given us in our spiritual battle, our Christian brothers and sisters. None of us have to march against Satan alone. We have thousands of other Christians who are wearing the same armor of God that we are. They can encourage us when we stumble. They can pray for us when we are weak. And they can remind us of the forgiveness Jesus has won for us. We are an army saved by the Lord, commanded to take the gospel to the world. We march through this life together until we rest at the victory feast in heaven with the Lord. The book of Ephesians ends in the same place that it began, with grace and peace. We were held captive in Satan's dungeons, prisoners of war, condemned to hell for eternity. But Jesus freed us. 
He won the spiritual battle for our souls on the cross. He has equipped us in the armor of God. Truth, righteousness, peace, salvation, faith. God has given all these things to us. We don't deserve them. That's why it's grace. And that grace gives us peace. Peace that survives no matter how fierce our spiritual battle here on earth rages. Our salvation is certain. It is done. Jesus did it all. And he is with us still. So as we march forward together, we have peace. And we will rest in heaven someday. The victory feast of our great general, Jesus. Because Jesus lives. And we will too. Surrounded by all the Christian soldiers who have gone before us and fought beside us. We will live forever in the loving presence of our God. And there is no greater hope than that. Amen.